This is episode 86. I'm joined by Jordan Miller, starting guard for the University of Miami, played ball at Loudoun Valley High School and George Mason University before he transferred to Miami. And dude, it's a pleasure having you on, man. And I appreciate you taking the time out today to have me on this podcast. Of course, dude. And hey, shout out Traub for getting this set up. I mean, uh, you guys <laughs> played uh, D1 back in the day together and at Valley. So, I mean, he's the reason this is happening. Yeah, 100%. Me and Matt go way back. Sandbox, basically. Good yeah. dude, good person. Just overall great person. True. And uh, I figured we'd start with uh, Miami's Elite Eight run this past season. This is the first time you guys made it to the Elite Eight, like, as a team. And uh, you averaged 10 points, six rebounds, two steals. But uh, what are some stories or, like, memories that you guys made that stand out from the season and from the tournament? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, it started off, you know, we – and preseason we were kind of all like you know we got some transfers how are we going to look this year um you know the coaching staff were trying to put you know the best plan possible the best group starting lineup all the stuff and all the stuff that goes into you know the team um so we had a scrimmage actually it was a closed scrimmage um we were playing FIU Mm -hmm. other mid mid major program um regardless mid-major or not you know they're still a good basketball team like at the end of the day anyone that's division one can you know can hoop so uh, we played that scrimmage. It was closed, like I said, and, you know, they ended up beating us by one point. And, you know, we're supposed to be in the ACC, quote unquote. Um, and that was really like a eye opener to us. It was like, OK, you know, we really got to get this together. We got to make sure that, you know, we're all on the same page. Our chemistry's down, you know, all these little things. We got to defend better. And so, you know, right th at that moment, it was up in the air. It was like, you know, like, how, how yeah. are we going to look this year? And, um, you know, after that point, we had a, um, a rough patch in the, in the beginning of the season. I believe we lost to, um, what's that school called in Florida? Uh, Florida UCF. Atlantic? No, UCF. Oh, UCF. Played UCF. They shot the lights out the ball. Um, we lost that game by six, I think. And, you know, it was just kind of going like a little, we, you can tell the energy in the locker room was like, okay, you know, like what kind of season this is going to be. Yeah. Um, and then down the line in, was it December? We played in this ESPN classic tournament and we played Alabama. They were ranked, I think top 25 at that point. And so beginning of the game, First half, actually, we it was tied going into the half, I believe, where we were up two or they were up two close. Um, we're like, okay, you know, like they're ranked top 25. We're hanging with these guys. Moral of the story, we end up getting blown out by like 25, right? Second half, they, they, right, they ended up hitting everything. Our defense, our defense was just not there. And um, we actually had a players meeting, no coaches, because, you know, when coaches are there, no one really wants to speak their mind truly. Mm -hmm. Um, we had a players meeting in a hotel room and we were like, look, you know, we got to get this together. We got to lock in. We got to do whatever it takes to make sure, you know, it's uphill from here, no longer downhill. So actually we put together our own team, like just the players um, film session when we got back to Miami and we watched that game film and we broke it down and we were talking and like, that's where the communication, I think really started to become like, really valuable and like great and so from that moment on um, we ended up you know having like this nine game win streak it started off with one then two then three and then we played duke at duke we beat them four and now you know we're like oh okay yeah were, were you really guys ranked focused. after the duke win no we weren't which is bs i i must say but yeah you know what i mean it's just 
we can't control it. It's just a bunch of people who think so. Um, and the crazy stat is we were like rated top three luckiest teams on Kim Palm, which is like, what? how do you even, how do you even calculate luck? But you know, that's, that's yeah. another thing, but um, yeah. So we ended up playing really well. We lost, we got to nine wins and then we played um, FSU uh, at their place, which is our rival gym was packed everything was packed um i don't know if you watched the game but we ended up going down to the wire uh we were down three someone shot i got the offensive rebound I yeah they're off the free throw right uh-huh oh no that was duke but right. this one was just yeah. a, a live one i hit it kicked it out to charlie moore he hit a three and then the game's tied right and we're like we're going crazy the the crowd's quiet now it's tied up and mm-hmm. you know the hostile crowd at rivalry schools it's always you know fun and so it's like maybe five seconds left. Um, their point guard brings it up. He ends up driving, gets fouled. Or he didn't really get fouled. We watched that replay so many times. Charlie had his hand straight up. He didn't really foul him, but, you know, mm-hmm. can't control that. Um, he ends up making two free throws. We lose. Our nine-game win streak is over. Um, but then from that point on, we knew, you know, we can we're, – we're a top-tier team regardless if we're in the top 25 or not. You know, if we do what we have to do, and lock in like we can really make a run so ultimately the goal became you know just to make the tournament you know we got to make the tournament if you don't make the tournament then the season's pretty much a waste yeah so as we kept playing and playing more games more games it seemed like every game was like a okay this is a must win to secure a bid in the tournament and um we ended up the regular finished the regular season and we were selection sunday and then we eventually got picked to to um being the tournament, which was cool for me personally, it was my first time being in a tournament. A lot of guys, it was their first time. Some guys, it was like the second, third. But for me personally, it was like, okay, like this is what it's like. That's you know? lit, dude. You know, you know, so it was really dope and to experience that. And so then, you know, we fly out. And Coach L, he's a very um, knowledgeable coach, pretty old, or mm-hmm. I guess experienced, some people like to say, instead of old. <laughs> um, so, you know, he was just like, you know, when it comes to this, tournament time it's about just taking it one game at a time um you know whether you win by one point you win by 15 20 whatever it is you know you just need to win one game at a time it's when I go home so you know we all go into it you know feeling confident um now we're starting to play teams that weren't that were out of our conference because you know it's just a bunch of teams that are out of the conference And, and personally we liked it because we played so fast and we turned people over and we noticed that when we played teams in the ACC like right we play certain teams twice they would adjust that second time and the games would be a lot harder yeah but since we knew we were going to play teams that haven't faced us before we knew like okay you can uh, you can kind of prepare for like our play style but it's just something like when you got to adjust once you're actually out there it's probably way different exactly so um first game we played uh who was it was it Auburn the first game? No, that was the second game. It was uh, oh Iowa State, right? No, that was the third. Damn, <sighs> I can't remember. Anyways, you guys were the ten seed, right? Yeah, we were the ten seed, and we play them. We come out, we handle business, we do what we have to do, and all of a sudden, you know, we're placing, we're facing Auburn, and you know they have top three draft pick Jabari Smith, um, mm. and it's just a lot of hype around them, you know especially ESPN, they love to, you know, drag that kind of stuff. So 
the vibes in the locker room are like, yo, we got to get this done. This is a statement game for us. If we can lock this one in, we can show the whole world that we're serious and we're contenders mm-hmm. for um, winning the national championship. So uh, we ended up playing that game. It was a, it was a crazy game. Vibes were crazy. Like Reggie Miller, Grant Hill were in the building watching, um, like doing the live version of it. Yeah. And uh, we end up winning, right? So we win. We won about 18, right? So at this point, we're like, yo, we can really do this. Like if we really lock in, we can really win this national championship. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden it went from like we, you know, everybody has that that belief in themselves, like, okay, we can we can win this, right? But we were a little, I would say we were a little skeptical at first because we were like, okay, you know, do we belong here? Like we knew we did, but like, you know, we kind of needed some like some wins to really yeah. prove it. You know, everybody had their brackets having Auburn, you know, win that sex, um, win that side of the bracket. So now we're like, okay, like we can really, really do this. Like, let, let's just keep it pushing. So then yeah. we end up playing Iowa State um we beat Iowa State it was a crazy game good game like at that point you know like in the tournament what I realized from my experience is like every team can play you just got to come ready with a good game plan which you know you kind of rely on your coaching staff for that so you need a good coaching staff and then um you know you just got like I said you got to come ready to play yeah so you know fought fought hard ended up winning that one and then I believe we played Kansas next yeah we did and we're in the elite eight so now it's like Yo, I'm thinking That's in my head, sick. right? The crowd, and I didn't even mention the crowd. Like the crowd, gym's full. You know what I mean? We're going from we started in South Carolina, then we went to Chicago, and then um, I'm thinking in my head, man, I really want to put this hat on after the game. You know, they they but actually before I'm gonna tell you before we got to see who was it? It was Villanova and someone else play, I believe. And we got to see the ceremony before we came out to play. We got to see like the ceremony of what they do before. Yeah. And so we're looking at them put the stage together. We're looking at the confetti fall. We're looking at them cutting the nets, put the hats on, everything, you name it. And we're like, man, we got to win this game. Like, this is going to be like, you know, this is it. You know, this is the moments we, we want. Um, hang with them in the first half. And then they slowly just outran us in the second half. Um, yeah. Coaching staff, they, I, mean, I got to give credit to the coaching staff. They told us, they were like, you know, they're going to run on us. They're going to run on us. But I think it was just fatigue. We played back-to-back. We played that Saturday. Then we we're going to play that Sunday or it was Friday, Saturday. One of the two days. Fatigue. Um, and the Kansas Warm. team was deep, too. I mean, yeah, and they were just like, a, I feel like a second-half team. I mean, basketball is a game of, like, momentum swings. But, I mean, in the championship, they were down, like, 18-2. to two. Or something like yeah. that to start the game. So, I mean, no shame, obviously, in making it to the Elite Eight, but you guys at least lost to the team that won, like the whole thing, if that kind of softens it a, a bit. Yeah, bittersweet, you know, but um, yeah. yeah, all credit to Kansas, you know, they're a good team. Uh, they're big, killed us on the inside. You know, we were a pretty small team last year. So, um, I mean, if someone had like a really dominating big, it was really difficult for us. And like I said, they just got up and down. And like they, when they played Providence the day before, there was the same story of what kind of happened in the championship and our game. It's like in that second half, they just hit some gear. You yeah. know what I mean? And then they just build off of that. So you guys had Selection Sunday. 
and then um, you won your first game, then you beat Auburn. How do you stay, like, dialed in after a big win? I mean, you said your coach says to take it, like, one game at a time, but when you guys are on cloud nine in the locker room after beating Auburn, you're like, hey, like, we can actually make a push. How do you how do you kind of stay locked in for, like, those 48 hours before your next game? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, it's just putting that game in the past, like, whether it's a win or loss. You know, you just got to – that game's over with, especially in a tournament, you know. Like, yeah, you did – you got the job done. You can soak that victory in, like, for that night. But once that clock hits 12 a.m., it's like, okay, you know, we're locked into this next game. Like, that game almost treated like it was, like, a long time ago. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you got to hydrate, eat, you know, get your body right, be able to play again. Um. And then, you know, just doing watching your film, doing your scout on, on the team that you're going to be playing next to really, like, put yourself in a mental state to, you know, play the next team that you're about to play. How did you land to Miami? Like, what was the transfer process? And then also, like, how does your style of play fit in at Miami? Yeah, so I'll start with how I landed at Miami. So I was at three years at George Mason, um, and my head coach ended up getting fired. And it's a little bit of a crazy story. Um, not too crazy, but just a little, it was interesting how it all happened. So our, our director of basketball operations hits us all. And he's like, yo, Zoom meeting in 30 minutes. And we're in the team group chat, like, yo, like 30 minutes, like no warning. He didn't tell us yesterday, like coach is tripping. How's he going to schedule a meeting within 30 minutes? Expect us all to be there. So, you know, no one's really thinking he's going to get fired, but it's just like, okay, he's probably going to say some something like you know head coaches just say whatever yeah so I get on the zoom meeting everybody's in there and the vibes are completely different right like usually the assistants are on first the staff's on first coach wasn't in there yet but usually they're talking but nobody's saying a single thing at all right and no one's thinking much of it like no one's expecting our coach to get fired so um just quiet right I'm eating a Jersey Mike sandwich right and I remember shout out. Vividly. Shout, shout out Jersey Mike <laughs> so um our, our head coach gets on the call and you know how you can start you can um when you get onto zoom you can turn your camera on it's yeah. off and it's usually always on so that's like another second red flag it's like okay so like 10 seconds go by 10 maybe 10 to 10 to 20 he turns his camera on you can see he's a little distressed so he's like hey guys um I just want to let you know, and I'm in the mid bite of a Jersey Mike sandwich. He's like, I just want to let you know, like I've been fired as your head coach. It's been a pleasure to work with you guys and saying all this stuff. And immediately in my mind, I'm like, wow. You know, I have this Jersey Mike sandwich in my hand. I'm mid bite. And I'm just like, whoa, my heart kind of drops a little bit. Kind of like, um, or like a stomach, you know, on a roller coaster. Yeah. It's just from shock. And we're he's talking we're texting in a group chat like yo no way this is happening so immediately my brain goes to what's what am I going to do next you know what am I what, what's next for me because ultimately I planned on transferring my senior year or this year coming up I was going to transfer from Mason because I wanted to explore my other options regardless yeah. but all of a sudden you know my plans got like pushed forward so I hang up the phone or we end the zoom call um first person I call is my AU coach one of my AU coaches his name's Clutch we call him Clutch and I tell him the situation and he's really attached to the basketball world and stuff like that so um he kind of knew what to say how to how to guide me and all that stuff um so I ended up long story short I ended up entering into the transfer portal figuring out that's best I figured out that's what's best for me 
So I entered the transfer portal, um, still leaving that option open to come back to Mason. And our uh, the new head coach, Kim English, great guy, great dude. He um, played at Mizzou, played in the NBA, was assistant at Tennessee. Um, he got hired, but I'm already uh, in the transfer portal by the time he got hired. So um, actually, that's that's wrong. I wasn't in the transfer portal by the time he got hired. So uh, first coach to reach out to me was Coach L, University of Miami, right? And what was different about him in this particular instance was usually the assistants hit you up first and yeah. then the head coaches you know they direct you to them but coach out hit me up directly which was like strange and new to me and I'm like okay like maybe this is different pretty cool but it's different so um I talked to coach L first thing he says on the phone when I'm talking to him is he's like hello Jordan like do you know my do you know about my success I had at George Mason and I'm like well duh you know like that's the pride and joy you took him to the final four like yeah. We hear about that practically every day. Um, so and the conversation ends up going great during this time. Um, it's COVID. So we can't, I can't go visit them in person. I have to visit them. It's like a Zoom visit. We were doing Zoom visits. So we schedule up a Zoom visit. Um, I schedule up a couple with a couple other schools, but Miami is just so happened to be like the best presentation. Um, they broke down my stats really well. They showed me how I would fit in with them really well and like just overall like I said the presentation was just like you know like okay these guys care yeah whereas like the other schools was just it kind of just seemed like you know I'm just another guy on their list was Miami ever like kind of on your radar when you were coming out of high school like when you're coming out of Valley was that ever uh something that you considered no because honestly when I was coming out of Valley I just got a lot of mid-major looks because you know I was a in public school to I didn't play on the circuit. I played on a local AAU team. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I never really got those high major looks. And I always thought I could play at the high, at a high major level. But um, I think the route that I took led me to, you know, mid-major schools being interested, which makes sense because ultimately if you're not playing against the quote unquote best competition, schools are going to be a little bit hesitant to be like, okay, can this guy play with, you know, who's going to be up against or with our, with our team. So um to answer your question Miami wasn't on the list if they if they were my first go around I probably would have went but yeah. you know that's not how the cards fell so um what was it like when you transferred to Miami and you pull up and get off the plane check out the campus like what's going through your head like how like how awesome of an experience was that so actually I only been to Florida one time before so I barely remembered it. You know, I didn't really soak in Florida when I went for like an AU tournament the first time. Mm -hmm. So I, I land and I just remember the weather just being like this perfect warm, you know, not too hot. I actually landed at nighttime. So the, the weather's warm. Like I, it's just the vibes are different, right? So my brother actually lives down here in Miami. So when I went to um, visit, I just stayed with him because like I said, the COVID stuff was still relatively new. So we couldn't do like a whole official but it was like an unofficial. Yeah. So I go, um, my brother's driving me back. I'm like looking out the window, just kind of like amazed. You know what I mean? Like Virginia at, after 10 o'clock, you know, all the lights are off and there's just nothing really much to do. You know, you might see some porch lights on, but in Miami, it's like this whole world that is like this nightlife that I'm not. Everyone's just buzzing in Miami. It's like a, exactly. it's like a little Vegas, dude. <laughs> I swear. I swear. So like, it's just, I'm just soaking this all in. It, it was just crazy. And so then I get to see the campus the, the following day and um, they kind of take me on a tour of it. And I'm seeing palm trees. They got this 
um, beach volleyball court, like where people can tan, play beach volleyball. They have this big lake in the middle of campus. Like I'm just sitting there like, holy cow, like I'm really here right now. This is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so the vibes, like coaching staff, they really show that they care. The campus was beautiful. Um, weather was warm. It was really like, okay, there's no place I'd really rather be than here. You know what I mean? And plus, I was tired of the cold weather. So I was like, I know it would be nice to get out of Virginia specifically and get to Florida, you know, where it's warm all year round. So, like, what are some of your favorite things to do in Miami? Like, when you're out of season, like, in the summer, that we could talk about. But, like, <laughs> you know, like, checking out nightlife or, you know, going to, like, a heat game or something like that. Yeah. Like, what do you like to do? Definitely like going to some heat games. Um, pretty cool atmosphere being at FTX Arena. Um, going to the beach, you know, something, you know, in Virginia, you got to drive a couple hours to go to the beach. Whereas in Florida, you can drive 15 minutes and be at any beach that you're pretty, like 15 to 45 minutes, you'd be at any beach you want to be in that state. So I would say those two things. Um, obviously, like, you know, exploring at night, like the kind of nightlife, see what people are about. But like for the most part, just like being at the beach like it's nice to be able to just you know have the option to go whenever you want to go mm -hmm. nice so um would you ever could you kind of like see yourself living in miami full-time when you're older <sighs> that's a hard one my mom always asks me that question every time she's like so would you want to live in miami um honestly i would say no no disrespect to miami i just think it's a little too like fast-paced yeah. like you know, somewhere I would want to live, maybe close, maybe like 30 minutes out of Miami, where like I could still have the option to come back in when I wanted to, you know, be surrounded by noise, like people, fast paced stuff. But I think for the most part, I would like to just live close to a city, but somewhere where it's like more quiet. Yeah, it's like a really hectic. I could definitely see that. I mean, obviously, I've never like lived in Miami or like a big city, but um, yeah, I figured it'd just be chaos. Like yeah. living like in like the heart of New York City, even like that would just be I was actually in New York um, when you guys were playing in the AC tournament. Oh, wow. Yeah, I almost checked out one of the games. I was watching them at a bar with some friends, but I ended up going to the championship game between Duke and Tech. But mm -hmm. yeah, I kind of wanted to check out one of your guys's games. But that's dope. Know. That's dope. Yeah. But yeah. Like as far as Miami, like I would say it's one of those places like. It's a great vacation spot, but as far as living there, like, you know, there's definitely better places to live. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I kind of want to jump back uh, and talk about your uh, high school career, like your youth basketball career. You were all-time leading scorer at Loudoun Valley with over, over 1,700 points. First team All-Metro, won the state championship in 2017. Uh, what did you love most about high school ball? When taking me down memory lane, um, I would say – playing with the guys that I played with, like, for instance, Matt, um, a couple of guys from my AAU team, like the chemistry there, you know, is just, it was built from such a young age to, and it just grew. So like playing with those guys, you know, knowing them off the court, knowing their stories, seeing like everybody, you know, just kind of grow into their own version of the man that they're going to be um, was definitely my favorite part. Like, aside aside of basketball anything like being able to go to school with the with the guys it was just the chemistry and like the relationships that we had was just something that you know I don't know if I'll ever be able to you know build again with a certain team because like in college for instance like it's a bunch of guys coming 
to one school and so you try to learn so much about someone in a year but it's like you know some people are scared to open up some people you know are just closed off to begin with so like that high having that high school bond and knowing you know where each of your teammates came from and seeing them grow is just something that you just can't beat yeah, and you gave them or you like led them to their first uh, state championship. And then I actually saw um, a couple of weeks ago, they invited you back and you did a like a commencement speech for, for graduation. Like, how cool is that? that? You get to do opportunities now, like through the school, like the alumni relations and everything. Yeah, it was dope. Like, I didn't I would say I didn't know how much support I had from like, you know, the Percival, Northern Virginia area until like that moment, like. I went by and stopped by my high school and like kids were like asking me for photos, teachers were asking me for photos, catching up with people. Like I just didn't know how much of an impact I had on like, you know, my hometown area, so to say. And like being able to go back and do the high school speech and be the commence commencement speaker, it was like an honor, you know what I mean? Like not a lot of people get to do that. And not a lot of people are, you know, bold enough to do that. Like at first, like when my principal, my old principal, um, Sue Ross, she called me and she was like, hey, um, I just got this crazy idea. Would you want to be the commencement speaker for graduation? And I was like, ah, like, let me think about that one. You know, like that's a lot of people. Yeah. But I knew it was something that I would regret not doing moving forward. And that's what kind of pushed me through to like end up going through with it. But like to answer your question, man, it, it's just crazy seeing the support system that I have from back home. And like being in Miami and knowing like people don't have to watch the game. There's so much other things that they can do, to, you know, like just in their free time. But they take the time out their days to watch my games and like, you know, watch the tournament. I just thought it was just so surreal seeing that support. What are some like differences that kind of took a while to get adjusted to on the court from from that level of basketball to the collegiate level? Yeah, um, I would say the biggest thing would be the size of the big man, like. For instance, in the A-10, right, the league that George Mason was in, usually the the fours and fives, the bigs, like the fours were about my size, like six, seven, and the bigs were probably like six, nine, six, ten, if not shorter. But, you know, going to the ACC, it's like, okay, you're, there's going to be a footer on the team, a seven-footer on that other team That's regardless. Dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we have several seven-footers, like, there's going to be seven footers on the other team for sure. So like, don't even think that one night you're going to get a break or not. So yeah, I, I think that was the biggest adjustment. Like as far as playing basketball, like I kind of mentioned earlier, I think it gets to that point, like everybody knows how to play. So I wouldn't say there was a, a big skill jump. I just think, you know, there was a lot more solid players, you know, like everybody there, one, everybody's one through five you know, made it there for a reason. They can play. Um, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's not like that in the A-10, but like, you know, maybe one or two players, you know, you don't really have to necessarily worry about. It was like, no, any player on that team that you're facing in the ACC can go off for 20 points that night. So like everybody has to be locked in. Yeah. And I, I could also see like making that jump from Mason to uh, Miami, like the environments that you're playing in, like ACC basketball is like the best basketball in the country. So uh, like, what are some of your favorite stadiums that you've played in? I got to say Louisville, like Louisville's gym is just amazing. Like it's high tech, like state of the art, like the locker rooms are nice. The, 
you can just tell like it's one of the newer gyms and it just looks beautiful um duke was crazy that was my first time playing in duke like the environment the cameron crazies like you know people always say and you're like okay like okay they got to see it to believe it now i saw it to believe it people yelling out stuff during warm-ups like that's a whole story within (laughs) itself but duke was crazy um and i would say we didn't play at unc this year we played unc at home but play the next year i know that's going to be crazy um but for for the most part all the gyms were like really nice like everybody had a pretty good fan base come out so as far as like george mason or a10 to acc like environment wise 100 percent like better Mm. and how are you guys getting ready for next season i mean uh like kind of like what's your outlook heading into the next one i know you guys lost a few seniors but uh, uh you guys trying to make another like push towards like march madness and another deep run yeah, 100%. The goal for sure is to win the national championship. Like, you know, for the we lost seven guys, I believe, five to seven. I believe it's seven. Um, three of them were, se- were seniors that were starters. So we had to get some transfers um, to replace them. Um, as, as far as, like, our hopes, like I said, to win the championship, for sure, a bittersweet ending. Um, everybody likes to be like, oh, you know, at least look at the bright side of things, which is good. You know, at least you made it to Elite Eight, but it's like, you know, being a competitor, it's like, I want more, you know? So yeah. the pieces that we got in, like we got Nigel Pack. He came from um, K-State, Kansas State. Uh, he leads, he's a, the, I always struggle to say this, the highest three-point percentage player returning to, to the NCAA. I, I probably butchered that, but I think you know what I mean for the yeah, most yeah. part. You know what he shoots? Like what his percentage is? It was, I believe it was 42. Dude, which that's is water. Cra- right? Yeah. That crazy. And then we got um, a, 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 a big man, Norchad Amir. Um, he came from Arkansas State, I believe. He was the player of the year for that conference. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's going to be a good big for us. He can rebound. He, I mean, he can jump out the gym. He's strong. He's 6'8", about 250. So, you know, he's a big presence in there. Um, so, you know, I think the pieces that we got and the experience from the players that are still here, you know, just puts us together, just makes a, you know, a perfect combination to win the national championship. Yeah. Now, now, obviously, we know, like, you know, there's work that's required to to get there, but, you know, we're all willing to put in that work. And, you know, for the players that are returning, it's like, okay, we made that elite run. Let's do more now. Mm. Yeah, I feel like this is a great time to be like either a fan of Miami or go to Miami, just like the football teams on the rise, basketball teams on the rise. But uh, when you guys have these transfers come in, um, like what are some things that you do in the offseason to kind of like build chemistry amongst each other? Okay, that's a good question. So like and it's crazy because I got to see what it was like to be a transfer. And then now that it's my second year, I'm kind of more affiliated and more comfortable here. So I got to see both sides of things. But like, honestly, we'll, we'll have team events, like we'll go bowling. Um, sometimes Coach L will have all of us come to his house and like he'll order us pizza and wings and his wife will make us cookies. And like, you nice. know, we'll, get, we'll go into his pool and stuff like that. So um, a lot of it is just spending time with each other outside of basketball. But honestly, basketball is such a huge part to um, like all of us. Like we, we were there every day, you know, it was practically a job. And so like we see each other so much, you know, we go through lifting together, we go through practice together, conditioning together. Like, 
we're around each other so much that chemistry, I don't want to say it's forced, but like by nature, you know, you're just building chemistry by seeing someone every day. I think it was a, a great thing for the NCAA to allow for, you know, players to get paid for their name, image, and likeness. Um, I think it was a long time coming. And it, it allows you to just brand yourself and immerse yourself into like the business side of things. You know what I mean? Like being a student athlete, you know, you're doing school and then your sport. You don't really have time, you know, especially if you want to be great. You don't really have time for all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. But being able, you know, this opened a new gate for you to not just be someone, but be a brand and like brand yourself to, you know, other companies. And, you know, being at Miami and being like in the ACC, you know, obviously we have more of a following than, you know, other low major or mid major schools may have. So it's like, you know, just trying to take, like use the most out of that opportunity to you know brand yourself and maybe get some deals with places um most of the time you know if people don't have an agent you should get an agent but I have an agent and I didn't have one up until probably like five months ago but it was just hard for me to manage all that stuff myself you know it's like I just want to focus on basketball in school yeah and then having that agent being able to just take care of that NIL side of things it's pretty nice. And uh, I saw um, that you're kind of dabbling in sports broadcasting. Is that something like when your basketball career is done way down the line? Is that something you'd kind of like to dabble in? Yeah, it, it was one of those things. It was like a kind of like the graduation thing, like a why not, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I think as far as it being a career, I wouldn't mind it. But like, it's just something I would have to think about when I finish hooping, like, it was nice. Don't get me wrong. And I, I could see myself doing it, but as far as like just talking about other athletes, it kind of made, put me in a point where it's like, you know, I want to be the athlete that they're talking about. I don't want to talk about these athletes. Yeah. You know, no, it so, definitely makes sense. So like, I think, you know, when basketball is all said and done for me, maybe it's something I'll think about, but for now, you know, not really my forte. Mm -hmm. And you were one of six player, one of six ACC players in the last three decades to average 10 points, two steals and shoot 56% from the field. And uh, all those guys, all those six players ended up being top five draft picks. But uh, what uh, excites you about the next chapter of your basketball career and uh, potentially taking it to the NBA? I think the most exciting thing is just the potential, you know, that I can tap into and like take my game, like the sky's are really the limit for me, you know, and the more I play, the more I realize that. So it, it just, what it takes me is like, it, it comes down to how bad do I want it? You know, it's not, it's not a, a skill thing. It's not a, like, there's nothing that I'm necessarily missing and I'm not trying to sound, you know, um, cocky at all by saying that it's just more or less it's like okay do I want to dedicate the time the effort it takes you know to get drafted or if it's not something I really want to do then you know it's something I just have to you know come to terms with but honestly like the sky's the limit for me and it excites me that it's like okay if I do a certain certain these certain things right or putting this extra work you know it's going to get rewarded so it's just like it excites me that there's that possibility for me I guess is for better words like that possibility it's there for me and for a lot of people like that door is closed you know like I could be 5'5 five, five and love love the sport but no I'm probably not going to get drafted solely based on my height but like me having the uh, uh, intangibles to you know play in the NBA is something that you know God blessed me with and since I, me having that possibility like I said is what excites me the most.
Mm-hmm. And what are some things that, um, or I guess like, when did you kind of realize like that this could be a reality, like playing an NBA? Was it like a certain workouts that you were doing? We were like, yeah, I'm kind of dominating here or like kind of how, how'd you go about that? I would say, you know, it's always been the back of my head. Um, I've always been like questionable about it. Like, you know, could I really? And then I would say this year, like, honestly, after playing against like Van Carroll, who went number one, Jabari Smith, who went number three, it was like, okay, you know, like I can hoop with these guys. I did it. Um, so like, why not me? You know, it really yeah. became real. And, um, you know, I thought about entering the draft this year, but I didn't because a, I had some knee issues that I had to resolve. Um, I felt like I wouldn't have been able to be 100%, you know, me if I would have entered the draft and me doing these NBA workouts and I'm just like, you know, 50%. And then two, I really wanted to get my three-point percentage up because I only shot, I believe, 29 and 31 this year. And that's been my lowest um, three-point percentage over my whole college career. So it's something that, you know, I'm dedicating a lot of time to this offseason and I know if I get those numbers up, honestly, like if I get my three point percentage up to probably above 36% or higher, like I can really get drafted. So like I said, that's why it falls into like uh, how bad do I want it kind of thing. Yeah. Who are some uh, players like current or retired in the NBA that you kind of like to, um, you know, watch and maybe like uh, pick up some traits and stuff and translate it to your game on the court? Yeah. Um, first one would definitely be Kobe Bryant. Obviously, rest in peace to him. I just think, you know, his mindset towards the game was something that really influenced me. Um, that whole Mamba mentality is something that, you know, you got to train. Like, training your mind is more than half the battle. Like, people like to say, sports psychologists like to say, basketball is 80% mental, 20% physical, you know? So, like, that mental part of the game is so important. And then another player is Jimmy Butler. I just think we play very similar. He's a dog and like we are, I just watch him and like, I just, our games, like literally we play so similar. And so I like watching the way he gets downhill or creates shots for himself. and kind of like to add those things to my game. Mm. So what's a team? I mean, obviously you can't choose, but if you could play on any NBA team, where do you think you'd fit in the best? And like, who are some guys that you'd love to play with? <sighs> That's a good, everybody always asks me that question too. I would say, I don't know as far as like the fit in the best with, but like if I had to pick a team to play with, I would definitely say um, the Wizards, just so I can be close to home. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need know, the help too. I'm, yeah. I'm a DC sports fan, but we need it. <laughs> and being able to have like family and friends come to the games and stuff like that, it would be definitely be dope and being close to the home. You know what I mean? Yeah, I actually just saw they tweeted. Uh, I think it was like yesterday. They're bringing back the old logo and the oh, old jerseys. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm talking about the blue uh-huh. one. It's like an actual wizard. Yeah, that's going to be Those clean. Those going to be fire, 100%. Yeah, I'm excited for that. But um, another thing that I saw when I was reading through, I think it was like your page on Miami, uh, basketball.com or whatever, is uh, you play a lot of video games. What are your top three video games of all time? Of all time? Okay, I would say number one would be Fortnite. Um, love classic. that game. The classic. When that came out, I was obsessed with it. I actually made some money off Fortnite, actually. Really? When I was, uh, yeah. And one of the um, the skirmishes they had. Um, and then Warzone would be number two, for sure. It's just fun. I still play that now with, like, some of my teammates. Mm-hmm. And that would be another part of, like, the bonding, too. Like, just playing video games with your teammates, you know. Like, just that's another good bonding exercise. 
And then the third one, oh, that's a toughie. Some great games out there. You're right. You know what I mean? Like, let me see. I mean, you I was... have to cap it at three. I mean, if you, you just start spitting out ones that you do. Like... <laughs> I would say 2K. Like, I don't play 2K a lot, but, like, it's definitely fun sometimes to just, you know, hop in the park and just hoop with some teammates or just whatever, you know. So yeah. those would be my top three. Yeah, dude. I haven't played 2K in a minute, but I used to be obsessed with it. Like, my, my player and trying to get, like, all the points and everything. 100%. Yeah, I'd probably say, like, I don't know. I, I like Madden a lot. Um gta has got to be up there for me. Mm. Um, I don't know. Maybe like all time, like Modern Warfare 2. That's a classic. Okay. That's a classic. Yeah. That's I don't know. We were actually talking right about there. this when we were on the drive down here. Uh, we were kind of just like going through old games and stuff and like campaigns and just like which one was the best and diving into it. But now uh, back to basketball. Uh, throughout your entire career, all the different levels you've played at, what would you say is the most memorable game that you've played in? I would say it was the state championship game we had back in 2017. Like, you know, we all, you know, when you play high school sports, you just want, you want to win the state championship. Like, you know, it's always your goal. And for us to be the first and only team so far to win the state championship, it, it, it was just surreal. And like, I remember wanting that, like the desire, I wanted it so bad that like mm -hmm. it almost got to like, embarrassed. like I couldn't, take it anymore how bad I wanted it so like being able to like cut those nets down and like like I said like I mentioned like being able to be with those team like my teammates that like I grew up with and share that experience with them was definitely like a surreal moment yeah and then, sorry I didn't mean to cut you off no you're good you're good and then I would say Duke is not far behind like maybe like it's like this the Duke win we had because they were number two and that gym was just crazy so those those two for sure mm -hmm. and in the state championship game didn't you have like uh like 30 points or something 27 and eight damn dude yeah. so like going into that game like I don't know where it was but you guys are driving there taking the bus there are you just dialed in are you like I'm going to we're gonna win this game and I'm gonna have 30 points I just remember being like you know I want to win this game so bad there's no way I can we can come this far you know and not secure the state title like it, it just can't like I, I literally I couldn't you know like I couldn't walk away from that gym and not have won that state championship title or like yeah. us as a team you know like it, I, I just couldn't so like I also I remember too it's like whenever I play right I don't ever really say like okay I'm trying to go score this amount of points like I just let the game come Mm -hmm. And like I ended up with 27. I remember looking at the end and being like, oh, I had 27. Like, that's wild. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I've never really been like a point chaser. I've just kind of been the kind of guy to just make the right play and kind of do whatever, you know, the team needs me to do at that certain moment, you know? Yeah. So high school basketball must have been awesome because like you're just I mean, you were uh, first team all Metro. So like were, were there ever just like situations where you're bringing the ball up and you're like, yeah, I could really like do any move that I want to on these kids. And, <laughs> and then like like. Was it ever like that going through your head? Like how 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 not easy it was, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so. My whole high school career, um, and like Matt was with me too, and like three of my other teammates, we ended up going our our over my overall record or ours for the four players was ninety-five and three or ninety-five and five. And we only lost five games uh total That's my crazy. whole high school which is crazy you know what I mean what a so like, you guys had a little dynasty going you know what I'm saying <laughs> so like it was, and it was, it was the gyms were packed 
and it's all public school too you know what i mean like there's always this hype around private schools blah 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 blah. but like being able to do that in a public school and like have just like the people the same people i went to elementary school with the middle school then high school like them be a part of it it was just it was just dope and like I mean, there's definitely some games, you know, where I'm like, okay, like I can really like, if I really want to, I can really give these dudes buckets, you know what I mean? But um, it, it was just fun, man. Did you ever talk trash to uh, the opposing, you know, student sections and stuff? No, I never really was a trash talker, but like they definitely talked their trash. You know, they're, they yeah. people love, they love the little overrated chant at the free throw line. People love doing that. Yeah. I, I love the student section at school, man. Like when, when our basketball team would play, like we were pretty bad when I went there, but you know, it's just fun to chirp. Right. And Especially it's like, as a fan. I always wish I could be a part of it. You know what I mean? Like I'm always, I'm always playing, but like, I was like, sometimes, you know, that's why I would go to the football games in my high school and be able to have that you know, experience, but like, I was like, man, I wish I could just be in the crowd for a basketball game. It'll probably be yeah. so dope. Did you ever, cause I mean, DMV basketball is like so dominant. Did you ever consider uh, going to a private school like the math or Gonzaga or um, trying to think of some of the other ones, but did you ever consider going to a private school? Um, the only one was Middleburg Academy. Um, that was literally right up the street from me. I actually live in Middleburg. Um, but other than that, like PVI, the math, Gonzaga, they never really reached out to me. So you know, it never really was an option for me. Um, I don't think I would have gone if they would have just because, like, I had older brothers that went through Valley that played there. So they were close with Coach Dawson. My family knew Coach Dawson. So uh, I think regardless of, you know, who reached out to me, I probably would have stayed. Yeah, you want to get get them that ring, dude. Get them that banner. Yeah, 100%. So what are some awesome stories you have from D1? Because, I mean, we used to play against – or I used to play against you all the time when you guys uh, – it was, like, our Super Bowl, and we never won. So it was like, we were always like excited when we got the chance to play against D1 at, uh, I swear we would always play at Douglas too. Like that gym, uh-huh. I love that gym so much. But um, like, yeah, what, like how awesome was uh, D1? I feel like we should talk about it because, uh, you know, a lot of those guys are, you know, like Traub, uh, I know Dominic Peterson, Jalen, JD. I still remember like a lot of those guys. So um, yeah, like what are some great memories you have from them or from that team? Yeah, um, I think, it was my very first like time experiencing a brotherhood outside of family. And I mean, like everybody has that family that you have, that's just blood, but being able to like have that family that isn't blood, but becomes family is, is just very nice. Like all those guys you mentioned, like we're all super close to this day. You know what I mean? Like we all talk to each other. We all, it's like, it's like we never left, you know, even though we went our separate ways, it's still like that close bond. And, um, you know, just, being able to have people like look after me and take care of me and put them under a wing, like our coach, coach Eric, Eric Williams. And um, he's a legend, dude. A legend. You know, he started, he started his own, you know, organization and that's hard to do. And also without, I can't miss, I can't not mention Miss Jerry, JD's mom, JD and Jaden's mom, um, Jerry Pierre. She just, you know, she was like my second mom away from home. Like she took care of me. Coach Eric taught me like, the discipline side of things, how to just be a dog. And like Miss Jerry was just so naturing and loving and like kind and still like and like taught me like how to be a man, you know, like it, I think the DNSA organization taught me the most out of anybody to, you know, be my own man, how to make right decisions and, you know, to just do things the right way. Mm. Yeah, dude, we would like live 
like vicariously through you guys because we would play and then we would get bodied by like 50 and then you guys would go on to play like in the national tournament and we'd be like yeah like i mean if they do well that kind of like makes us look a little bit better than you know but yeah dude those were the days i miss i miss aau ball i mean we play a lot of flex right yeah flex yeah i remember dude yeah that stuff was awesome what uh what middle school did you play at uh blue ridge blue ridge okay yeah i played at eagle okay so yeah i hated eagle why? I I just hated it. Dude, I, Eagle Ridge was, uh, I just, I couldn't that was such a good them. time. Middle school was awesome. <laughs> wait, wait, uh, what, which, what was your beef with Eagle? They were, you guys were just good. Like, I just oh, okay. hated, you That's know, fair. I love the competition-wise, but, like, I just, it was like, okay, we got to play Eagle Ridge. Eagle Ridge, it was Eagle Ridge and Stonehill, I believe, that were always just, like, Yeah, really I think good. we lost in the championship, like, two of the three years, so we didn't really... I don't know. They gave us like we were like the regular season champions. And I was like, I don't really want that trophy. Yeah. It kind of ties into what we were talking about like 15 minutes ago with being able to do whatever you wanted to in high school basketball. But what is the most disrespectful move that you've pulled off in a game? That's a good one. I got to think about it. Um, Because I know there's something there, too. You know, it's crazy. That's the first time someone's ever asked me that question. So I got to <laughs> think for a little bit. No, yeah, take your time. Uh, disrespectful move. I would say, you know, on top of my head, I could probably do a better one, but I don't want to be sitting here thinking for five minutes. You're good. I would say AU, fast break, how to windmill during the game. Like, you know Sheesh. what I mean? It was an open, open, open court. No one was behind me. Um, took my time. You know, just wound it up and just got a windmill during the game. And honestly, I just remember, like, I, I, I honestly, I blacked out for like two seconds. I know it sounds crazy, but like the emotions were so high, I was so hyped. And honestly, another one too was during Valley. Uh, Dom Dominic Peterson, he threw me a back, he threw me a lob off the backboard. That's disgusting. That that, <laughs> it, it, that was surreal too. So like, probably those two things I would say, not really disrespectful, but also like, you know, just hyped up moments i would say like where would you rate some of your better miami highlights i mean you had the buzzer beater that was that in new york during the tournament mm-hmm. yeah so you had um, that one you had that one yeah. where like you mossed the guy off a free throw and put it back in with like three seconds like what are some standout things you, you think you've done already at miami i would say that the offensive rebound at duke you know i don't feel like it gets talked about a lot which i'm cool with you know i'm not really trying to chase the cloud or nothing but like uh, also, shout out to Sam Wardenberg too, because he boxed out Ben Carroll pretty well. Mm. Um, I got that rebound and off of Charlie Moore free throw miss and kicked it out. And then I believe Cam drove it down the lane, got an M1, put us up by a little bit. And I remember at one point during that game, uh, Ben Carroll, so Sam was driving, Ben Carroll poked it from behind. He had like a wide open dunk put us down by like I think six or seven with like a minute some change left Mm -hmm. we were all like damn you know that's it right there but being able to um come back honestly it was a comeback win and getting the offensive rebound it's just great moment and then the 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 layup too uh in Brooklyn although it wasn't really that crazy you know like everybody it was just an easy layup you you know what I mean like I kind of forget about it sometimes because I'm like you know it's just like a layup like i make layups all the time but you know that was definitely dope and being able to like talk to the announcers after the game like on tv was definitely dope too yeah was that game at uh master square garden or was that at barclays 
I know the Barclays. championship is Barclays. Dude, that mm-hmm. stadium was awesome. Or arena. 100%. It was crazy. Yeah, that was sick. That was sick. Well, uh, the last question that I have for you, and I always ask my guests at the end of the show, and, um, you know, obviously since you're an athlete, what is some advice or recommendations that you would give to young athletes? I would say it's cliche, but honestly, never give up on your dream. You know, like there's going to be moments where you feel like, you know, you doubt your dream. You know, there's going to be people that send negativity, negativity towards your dream. But, you know, you just stay persistent and, and keep doing anything it takes to reach your goals. Like you can accomplish anything if you put your mind to it. You know what I mean? If you if you put your time and dedication to something for a year, you'll be surprised about the results, you know, that will come from it. Mm. So that would probably be my, my, my advice to them. Have you always had that type of mentality or is that something that you kind of acquired over the course of your career and just life? Probably the course of my career, mainly um, college, probably starting my freshman, sophomore year. Um, I dealt with a lot of confidence issues because um, I always played around like people that knew like how like knew my game. So, you know, they trusted me, but having to regain that trust from like teammates, coaching staff, it was something that kind of fell off. But like, you know, just knowing like, OK, if I put the time and effort into something like it's something that I can I can do, you know, not, the only thing stopping you is you at the end of the day. Mm. Dude, I'm excited. I, I thank you so much for your time. I'm excited, you know, now for this next season at Miami. We're ring chasing this year. So uh, you guys got some good, um, you know, good transfers. So I'm, I'm excited to keep up with it. And um, yeah, I thank you so much for your time, man. It was an honor getting to talk with you, Jordan. 100%, bro. I appreciate you more than you know. And it was dope to be able to do a podcast. And like, I, you know, wish nothing but the best for you. And, you know, if you're tapped in. I appreciate it. And as always, go Canes. You know what I mean? Of course, man. Hey, and like I said, one more time, shout out to Trob for, uh, you know, making this happen. I think he's excited for this one. He was asking me the big other day. Big shout out to Trob. Yeah, big shout out. And uh, guys, scroll down below. Check out Jordan on social media, Instagram at Jordan Miller. The L's are uh, ones, but I'll have, you can just click the link. And then Twitter, Jordan underscore Miller 11. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please like, comment, and subscribe. If you're listening on any audio platforms, please rate five stars. Today was Monday, August 15th, 2022, episode 86. I was joined by Jordan Miller, starting guard for the University of Miami. Also played at Loudoun Valley High School, got them a championship, dropped almost 30 in the in the championship game, and uh, you know played at Mason before transferring to Miami. But I'm your host of the show, Michael Marr, and I'll see everyone next week.